Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply from Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. The sixth round of the Formula One season this year has been cancelled. The Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix will not go ahead, as the local region battles flooding and dealing with the human cost of this natural disaster. Formula One issued a statement just a few moments before we went live with this video. They said this, the Formula One community wants to send its thoughts to the people and communities affected by the recent events in the Emilia-Romagna region. We also want to pay tribute to the work of the emergency services who are doing everything they can to help those in need. Following discussions between Formula One, the president of the FIA, the competent authorities, including the relevant ministers, the president of the Automobile Club of Italy, the president of the Emilia-Romagna region and the mayor of the city and the promoter, the decision has been taken not to proceed with the Grand Prix weekend at Imola. The decision has been taken because it's not possible to safely hold the event for our fans, the teams and our personnel, and it's the right and responsible thing to do given the situation faced by the towns and cities in the region. It would not be right to put further pressure on the local authorities and emergency services at this difficult time. So I'm joined for some instant reaction by Matt Q. I can see you haven't been travelling, you're at home. We have got some colleagues who I think are either on their way to an airport or trying to come home uh, to discuss. Formula One has raced in bad weather before. So for anyone watching, listening to this, thinking, well, they've got wet weather tyres, why can't they go racing? What ultimately led to the cancellation of the Grand Prix this weekend? Yeah, as, as you say, Martin, you know, this is not NASCAR or something where we have to have protracted uh, rain delays o- overnight or something. We have extreme wet weather tyres. Uh, whether or not they're up to standard is, is a different debate, as we've seen from recent Grand Prix. But as you said, there's the humanitarian angle to this, which is that at least two people have died. Many, many more in the local Emilia-Romana uh, region are being displaced. You know, families are having to move, move to factories and whatever to find basically safe, dry ground. So you cannot have something as gratuitous as racing going around 
in that region when people are literally losing their worldly possessions and when it's a not a very nice turn of phrase but the optics of having to have an emergency helicopter for medical evac if someone crashes when people need to be rescued or taken off you know sites or floodplains or whatever you cannot divert any resources away from that because the accountability would be huge if you could, if you could link the two together and just the absolute sour taste it leaves in the mouth of anyone watching even motorsport fans you know if if they cut to a wide shot and you see floodwaters or whatever and and not a hundred percent of resources going towards that when there are now fundraisers being set up and like I say there has been an absolute human cost you can't have anything diverting away from that so that is where the pressure has come from this is a decision which you know i think we can all firmly believe even us cynics and skeptics that firmly believe that this has been led by the local authorities and that you know commercial lucrative f1 would have perhaps been more resistant to the cancellation of of the race or or been up for experimenting with running with reduced capacity or whatever but when when it, you know it's, it's so hard for teams to get there, fans to get there, and you've got a proper sort of crisis going on, you, the race just becomes immediately un, unviable. Yeah, I've seen some comments online today from people saying, well, look, sport came back after COVID. We all needed sport. It brings people together. And uh, we see the sporting teams from Ukraine uh, playing and competing around the world and that's important for a country that's going through what they're going through look this is different this isn't about sport returning after a pandemic or a country at war that uses sport as a way to uh, either buoy the spirits of the company uh, a country or to express their strength and, and playing as a team this is one of the richest sports in the world with all of its motorhomes and, and private jets and all the drivers living in Monaco waiting to get on their private jets to fly into a country where people as Matt says are suffering a very human cost of this and losing all of their possessions, their homes and even their lives. And that is something which not everyone's fully grasping. So maybe just take a breath. We've been following this over the last couple of days as we've seen it escalate. First of all, Formula One personnel were not allowed in the paddock or they were asked to leave after they were setting up. What precautions leading up to this had F1 taken in response to knowing that there was a weather situation the messaging we were getting earlier in the week when obviously we knew it's been reported um in fact our Tory um were communicating uh, i think uh, even ahead of the miami grand prix that you know the fianza their their local town had been sort of really badly affected by it and it has been going on since the very early stages of may when there was a particularly bad period i think uh, was it 12 or 13 rivers burst their banks in a 24-hour period and basically you know with with persistent rain and it hasn't subsided since but anyway f1 the messaging was that you know there was no concern around this event and you have to put that down to i think three main factors one the status of Formula One it being so high profile and the resource has a vast sums of money to ensure events can go ahead and also you know, what we 2023 they've had 72 and a half years of experience of bad weather um, adverse conditions unusual events to have the practices in place whether that's you know learning about the debacle that was Spa 2021 and changing the way rules are implemented or and the point scoring system or the fact that you do have the right infrastructure, the fail saves, the the you know uh, remote broadcasting facility in Biggin Hills to ensure the you know the TV coverage doesn't short circuit, whatever it is. So from that point of view, there there was enough in place uh, earlier in the week that that F1 was confident, and you know uh, they were even confident that a little trivial thing from last year, which was 
the grassy car parks that were a nightmare to get out of in where they were confident they would be improved. But then there was like a live timing feed, whatever, of the river levels, and they were getting to critical stages. A red weather warning was enforced in the whole region. And then obviously social media clips, I'm sure many people have seen emerge of the TV compound flooding, uh, water breaching the support paddocks. And uh, as, as it got to uh, Tuesday afternoon, personnel were told to vacate the circuit. So I think you can just draw a distinction between being like instructed to hastily evacuate and they were moved off site as a precaution is how it was put. And then they were asked not to return at all on Wednesday. So that sort of says about how bad the situation was, that the, the queues of traffic, the, how much the local infrastructure and landscape was struggling. And also you have the other factor, which is that's a day and a half of setup time lost and that then needs to be accommodated somewhere else in a weekend. So that's how it developed. And then it was really um, this morning. So what we were Wednesday morning now, things started to take change. Got an update from F1 saying, right, we have a big meeting coming up in the next hour. And suddenly that sort of slightly changed the way things were leaning you think you know they're on an agenda is reduced capacity or even going behind closed doors but then sort of in the hour leading up to um formula one actually like communicating uh you had the deputy prime minister saying you know we can't have a race going ahead and at that point when such high profile political powers are calling for it and i think there's a huge amount of government backing actually behind the emilia romana grand prix in imola so you know, when they're such a massive stakeholder and, and it's one of the most sort of high profile figures calling for it not to go ahead, sort of, um, what's what's, a, what's a, is the writing sort of on the wall at that point? And then, yep, the, uh, the official communication came that no racing this weekend. And what about the the human side of the Formula One community, the people who we don't see, the people who drive the trucks around Europe, the, the you know, the guys and girls that are putting on things like, you know, the catering to building the garages. Um, and I guess everyone who covers the event as well. Uh, so we, I think Alex uh, Kalanokis, our colleague, is literally in the check-in line right now. And I think they frown upon people doing FaceTime calls when you're trying to check in you know, or at security and don't have your bag uh, scanned. So I'm not sure he can join us for this one. What do we know about other media? I think Alex was okay. I think he could get to his accommodation, but I've read reports of some in Formula One turning up and you know their Airbnbs were either not available or had their booking cancelled because there's more important things in life and uh, and you know they were working out where to stay. So uh, could, even if it hadn't been a case of cancelling the race, could Formula One even have staged a race uh, from what we know uh, a, a day or two ago from just the disruption of all those things that it takes to put on that, that two hours of entertainment on a Sunday afternoon? Um, I can't give you an absolute answer on that, Martin, but an educated guess would sort of lean towards yes, it could have gone ahead. So... There was a very small handful, as, as we understand it, of um, Alpine people that had to be relocated because of their hotel. But otherwise, I think the main sort of knock-on effect would have been just the extreme tailbacks getting in and out of the circuits because of flooded roads and and whatnot. So um, I think I think in that sense it could have gone ahead. Um, what I probably should have mentioned, you talk about like people setting up hospitality in garages that not only did they lose a day and a half, but if they're in the hotel waiting for their news, if they can go back in circuit, they then don't know what if they're going to they're gonna find, whether they're. the most definitive thing I can give you is a few case studies. So yeah, there's a lot of people who have got to the airport and put themselves on a train back. Some of our continental colleagues basically turning around the car on a lay-by and heading back. Uh, it's our understanding that F1's chartered planes arrived Wednesday morning, so that is 
a private flight effectively for team and um, team and championship crew. I don't know quite what's going on with them, but obviously they've landed and probably got a couple of buzzes on their mobile phones to be told it's off. So it's really sort of happening last minute for them and that's because you know it's F1 aren't to blame for this but the official or the internal communication yesterday was everyone travelled as planned it has been a really fast moving situation so yeah there are probably quite a lot of people confused upset angry feel like they've had their time wasted but as, as you've stressed Martin you know bigger picture that's that can all be sorted I'm sure Wizz Air can, can make a few quid and put on a couple of flights and get people out of there yeah there is I saw some some comments online about oh this is going to be a big insurance claim and again I feel that perhaps people sometimes have not been treating this with quite the seriousness that perhaps the media haven't properly covered it because the Formula 1 community was travelling to the event so you know we've not been able to get there and bring you that human side of the story that's been the italian media doing that and if you've not been watching the general news media you you might not know about the, the that situation in italy so the kind of the formula one fans that follow formula one and motorsport websites like ours we haven't had a chance to cover it because we've been on our way there even though we do obviously do have italian colleagues as as part of our wider company so let me ask you a little bit uh, about the impact of the the cancellation of this this Grand Prix. I've seen it described as a cancellation, I've been calling it, and a postponement. Now, postponement suggests, well, maybe it could happen in a in a couple of weeks' time. Well, it can't because we're heading into triple headers and things like that. But what do we know, if anything, at this stage in terms of allowing people to use those tickets? I mentioned this a big insurance claim. That's not the it's not the be-all and end-all, but yeah, sure, if you're a fan and you've paid for a flight or a hotel, the ticket, all those kind of things, then you are individually affected as well as, as a wider Formula One community. Will people get to go and watch that Grand Prix sometime this year? Is it like COVID where things are moving around or do we think that it might not happen at all this year? Well, Martin, now you've obviously been sort of watching a lot of suits or been doing your law conversion course because uh, the headline the official headline from f1 is update on a grand prix and that um and the official line is it will not proceed um autosport i have to say has gone with cancellation of the race um and that is because we believe it, it won't be reorganized for later in the year the the calendar is already massively condensed because of one the proliferation and two the you know the the knock-on effects of um china which really was never going to go ahead but you know it was it was put in a provisional calendar and and people like their slots and f1 takes a lot of organizing so infrastructure is in place and catering companies are booked for that weekend and whatever so it will be hard and then you have the the sheer logistics that if you get towards the tail end of the season you don't go japan circuit the americas whatever order it is imola back to brazil so I, I, I don't think this will go ahead. If you think about the last time a race was cancelled was Australia 2020, and that was done a couple of hours before practice on Friday, and totally understand why global health pandemic. But that pandemic put bums on seats, and ever since then, everyone has tuned it into and absolutely consumed Netflix, which is great, and that has brought lucrative broadcast deals, sponsors, commercial partners... And as we've seen with the recent case of Rocket and Williams, when races and contracts aren't fulfilled, they ask for money back, which is fair enough. When that's playing out up and down a paddock, it's why you know stakeholders don't want races to be cancelled. So there will be, I'm sure, clauses and whatever, so commercial partners get a bit of money back, and that why that's why there will have been 
hesitancy and a reluctance to to cancel the Grand Prix. From what I remember of the COVID situation, nobody wanted to be, and again, this might be my old memory failing me, but with Australia, because we were there waiting to go, from what I remember of that, nobody wanted to be the one to call it. Again, you come. I know it's an awful thing to talk about, you know, insurance and money, and there's a human cost that we need to focus on. But there is that side of it as well that it, it's it's good that it's happened on a Wednesday rather than getting to a Thursday night or a Friday morning and saying, well, we can't go. You know, we're just waiting for one person who's who's going to be liable, if you like, for that that decision. So I think it's good that it's happened today. But 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 listen, there have been other I- I- events, like you say, Australia. But what about? Saudi Arabia, there was a very serious threat to human life of everybody working and being invited to go and watch a sporting event with the missile threat. Can we draw any kind of parallels between, oh, hang on a minute, well, there was this very serious threat there to, to human life, and we still still put on a sporting event and a spectacle and everybody got their money paid, and, and now, but not here? And I'm not trying to give one more importance over the other, it's just I'm just trying to draw a line between and get your personal thoughts on Yeah, that. well, the, the Australia situation, actually, if, uh, I think, right, it was, um, it was actually McLaren sort of almost put the wheels in motion. Obviously, everything from, you know, the local half marathon I was down to watch got cancelled that weekend and then whatever, but it was actually McLaren pulling out and then, you know, uh, cases of COVID in the paddock and then, obviously, the, the weekend got cancelled. Saudi Arabia was a different one. I was on the ground for that one, waiting outside the, the FIA building until I think it's four o'clock in the morning when drivers emerged. And that went ahead with, and I still can't believe this is a sentence you have to say as an F1 journalist, that went ahead because the drivers and championship were given assurances about the uh, quality of the missile defence system and, and the security protocols in the area, which is, again, baffling situation. How, how can I say this and still be employed on next Monday is that, um, obviously, Saudi Arabia is a very, very wealthy nation and there's a lot of state backing behind that race and um, a lot of high-profile sponsors and a lot of powerful people who have many, many connections within F1. So there was certainly a um, desire from some very important people that you wouldn't want to sort of say no to, whether that's the right reasoning behind it or not. Well, I agree that it's difficult and uncomfortable sometimes to talk about these things, but I think everything you've said is pretty much um, bang on the money. Yes, there were many reasons why we went racing in Saudi and we didn't go racing this weekend in Italy. And now is probably a good time to ask for your comments. If you want to leave us a comment, uh, you can email the show, which is podcast at autosport.com. You can drop us a line on social media. You can use the hashtag autosportpodcast. I'll find it. Always see what you're talking about, your comments, your feedback, and, and things like that. No doubt we will probably have a podcast uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday as well. Uh, we'll try and get hold of uh, Alex once he lands and get his side of things because he was on the ground. If not, I don't think he was at the track, but he was certainly in his accommodation by then. But uh, along with the rest of that Formula One community um, as we head towards the weekend. Lots of other podcasts actually to bring you. Our Le Mans series continues on the podcast channel and take a look at British touring cars soon as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we will catch you on the next one. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.